0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome in, take my hand,
0: say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be
1: cautious, we'll be friends.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Visibilities on March 31st, 2023. It's uh, quite the busy week around for everyone, I think. And the weather is playing havoc with us all. From those of us that have been chatting about it for the last few minutes, uh, we've got everything from 80 degrees to a blizzard going on. So as long as we all stay safe, warm, and comfortable, that's what really counts. We have a special program this evening, and it will include Mr. Ray Campbell to talk to us about resolutions at the at the ACB national conference and convention and actually a whole lot of most of that work gets done before convention other than the voting on them and some discussion and that will be followed by Connie Sims and Patrick Sheehan talking about the voting process for this year and both of them have some major changes So please look, listen and look forward to um, catching up on everything if you haven't already, as far as those are concerned. I thank you all for being with us tonight. I especially wanna thank Travis for hosting with me and Belinda who is doing just about everything else imaginable. Larry couldn't be with us this evening. So she is streaming, she's dealing with Clubhouse, she's moderating. she um got all the hats on at once. So thank you both very much for all that you are doing to get this information out to as many ACB members as we possibly can. One other quick announcement is uh well, two other number one, I wanna um apologize for following up the time last night on uh that this was on at eight o'clock instead of seven o'clock um it's been a long crazy week it's we've had three birthdays and just so many things going on at home uh presentations for work and such but i quite honestly just kind of lost track of this week it's like okay just tell me what to do next um and the other thing I do want to tell you is, next week I will be having uh, Peter Alshol on, and we're going to be talking about some things that I think you'll find very interesting. One is going, one thing is going to be about the empl- uh, programming that the Employment Committee will have uh, s- has set up for convention. But the other one that I find fascinating is the plans that they have for one of the biggest highlights of convention <laughs> for, me, for decades now. I think it started back about 19... or very early 1980s. And that is the Friends in Arts Showcase I'm in the Performing Arts. Them. And that will be very different from what it really? usually is. And I'm going to just ask everyone now if you could either mute or make sure that you... Don't have any background noise, so we can uh, make it easier to clean up the podcast, which incidentally, Visibility's podcasts are usually available within a day or two of the presentation. And it's free, and we are uh, rebroadcast on ACB Media One throughout the week. So if you should miss something, you can always catch up with it. If you want to be on our Email list for getting announcements usually ahead of time and usually accurate ones. The uh, best thing to do is to email visibilities. That's It's just like disability, only without the D. We have a V. V V-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S l i t i e s fifty five zero at gmail.com. Visibilities50 at gmail.com. And that's the end of my commercials for tonight. So I'm going to welcome Ray Campbell, who is currently the first vice president of ACB and is a member of the Resolutions Committee. And he's got a lot to tell us about how resolutions are being handled this year. So, Ray, without any further ado, I'm turning it over to you.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Terry. And um, yes, you got my new title right. Yes, I am now first vice president of ACB for a few months. Uh, we won't go into that um because I'm not here to talk about that. So um, but little little constitutional, uh, the way the constitution works caused that to happen. So, anyway, um, so resolutions this year, uh, be it resolved that we will talk about that. Um, the um so Last year, um, as some of you may recall, we had resolutions. um, We're going to do them similar to what we did last year. So the way that resolutions are being handled this year is that the resolutions deadline is April 20th. Now that is 60 days prior to the opening of convention. That is what we all voted through the uh, voting on bylaws last year. We voted a bylaw change through that, made that resolutions deadline 60 days before the uh, opening session of the, of the convention. And um, so that was, um, so that means that would be April 20th. Um, and um, the resolutions committee is currently accepting resolutions. If you have uh, any of that you want to submit, um, you could submit those um, to um the and the committee will get them if you send them to advocacy a d v o c a c y at acb.org. dot org, and um, they will um, they'll get those and be able to start uh, processing them.
2: Um, right. If I right if yeah. I could interrupt for just one minute, uh, Bel- Bell Belinda, yes, media ma'am. one is not coming through. Yeah, I've,
1: I just noticed. I'm trying to get it. Okay, I just wanted
2: to make sure you knew.
1: Yes, ma'am.
3: Sorry okay. for
2: the interruption.
3: Not a problem. Um, okay, so um, the resolutions deadline is uh, 20th. I, said, I was just talking to Gabe Griffith uh, the other night, who is the actual resolutions committee chairperson. He said, we've got probably about 10 so far. And he knows of some more that are, and that's, that's that includes what he knows are coming. Now, let me say a couple things about the deadline. Um, uh, one thing is, if you're an affiliate that is having a convention um, after April 20th, and you know that you might want to, you might want to um, submit something and send it forward to ACB. Maybe you have a resolution that you're doing. California's notorious for this, and so is Florida, where they'll do resolutions that are state resolutions, and then they'll forward them on to ACB for consideration at the national level. Um, If you're going to do that, if you think you might do that, just let Gabriel, uh, Gabe Riffith and the resolutions committee know, and you can do that through uh, advocacy. Just say, Hey, you know, we, we are going to be debating a resolution on such and such a topic. And uh, we, we, we want ACB to consider it, but our convention is whenever and just, you know, let them know that way they know that it's coming. And the second thing, of course, is uh, as uh, we voted through last year, we know things happen between the resolutions deadline and national convention. Um, the the Becca Myers situation with the Paralympics a couple of years ago is a perfect example of that, where something came up that we needed to do a resolution on. Um, if if you have one that you're going to submit and you have a a, a situation. That you know is um going to um you know where you you couldn't get in for the deadline. if you talk to the committee about that, um, that's an extenuating circumstance uh, where something came up that you you know we, you felt it was it imp- you know, was felt it was important to do a resolution on. so those things can happen, so you can talk to the committee about that. What happens after April twentieth? okay, so once April twentieth comes around the resolutions committee is going to start doing its work and their meetings will be open to the public. They will have, um, as all committee meetings are, they will have um, put out on the community list, leadership list, various email lists. I think they're going to do resolutions meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That seems like the current plan at the moment. And what they're going to do is they're going to try and indicate what resolutions are going to be considered, um, you know, by title or, you know, by resolves or something like that, just so that you know what's going to be considered. It's real important to pay attention to that because if you either submitted a resolution or if you have an interest in a particular resolution, you um, you want to pay attention to that and try to be at the meeting where that resolution is going to be discussed by the committee. Uh, the submitter, it's real important to be there if you can because that way you can provide input. you know if the committee has questions or if you know people this people listening in have questions about a resolution uh, that you submitted, you can provide input and context and all those good things to kind of explain why you feel that this resolution needs to be, uh, needs to be, um, you know, recommended for due pass by the committee and adopted by the convention. Um, So that's, uh, that's one thing that uh, we definitely encourage folks to do. What we're also going to try and do too is once the committee has done its work on resolutions, we're going to try to get them, get them published. Uh, a little more ahead of time, so that you will all have a, ch- everyone will have a chance to uh, take a look at them and try to you know, read through them, understand them. Sometimes resolutions, there's a lot of heavy language, uh, a lot of whereas's, and a lot of um, legal stuff. You know, I know when we've always read them on the convention floor, it's I can just hear the eyes rolling. It's just it, it's so uh, <laughs> it's it's so intense sometimes. But it has to be sometimes just to provide all the background that's needed to understand what we're going to be voting on. Um, and so we're going to try to um, um, publish publish them uh, as far ahead of time as we can. Uh, but hopefully by about mid-June, uh, we'll have by about, um, you know, a little week or so before the we start talking about them. We'll be able to have them out ahead of time. We'll have them recorded playing on ACB media 10 and all of that good stuff so that you can get a chance to read them, to hear them, uh, and, um, you know, start making up your mind about them. So that's the work that goes on. It's going to go on before the convention. So again, just want to emphasize a couple things. April 20th is the deadline. If you have a convention, either you know after April 20th and you think there's a resolution or two that might come from your convention that's going to be forwarded to ACB or there's an extenuating circumstance that comes up like you know the issue didn't come up until after April 20th by all means um, let the uh, let the resolutions committee know about that and um, they can work with you on that Mm -hmm. and if you are submitting resolutions or you have an interest in a resolution, really watch the announcements about the meetings and what resolutions are gonna be covered so that you can uh, try to be there and you know, provide your input. Um, now, we get to June 19th. And as uh, many of you know, uh, that is the opening session of the annual convention. That's gonna be the tonight that we adopt the standing rules. We actually call the convention into session, call the convention to order, and um, we're going to adopt the standing rules. Um, and then Tuesday, June 20th, Wednesday, June 21st, and Thursday, June 22nd, That even those evenings, we're going to be about 7 p.m. Central Time. I think, oh, we're starting to get tornado sirens, guys. Oh, dear. Um, let's see what they tell me here. Um, but uh, at, any res- at any rate, um, we're going to have um, 21st, 22nd, or 20th, 21st, 22nd, from 7 to 10 central time, we're going to be discussing and voting on resolutions. We're going to vote on them like kind of like we did last year, except there's going to be a little change in this couple little changes in the standing rules, and we're not really here to talk about standing rules tonight. I think maybe Patrick will talk maybe more about that a little bit later. But we'll be conducting for each resolution, we'll conduct the uh, debate. Um, we'll have, if you approve the standing rule change, there'll be some time at the beginning after a resolution is read for questions and clarifications and then a chance for debate, and you'll always have, of course, have a chance to raise points of order. Um, Those can be, um, you know, we're not quite sure how that's going to happen yet, but um, you will be informed as to how that's going to be done. Um, And all this is going to be done on Zoom. Uh, This is the virtual part of the convention, so we're going to do all this on Zoom, and um, we're going to... um, have um, have that going on? Um, so that's Rick, uh,
2: yeah. Rick, can I ask you one quick question? Sure. That I think we need to know ahead of time, and that is the initial uh, calls, and then that later the later set of calls, if you will, the May calls and the June calls, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, on the on the first set of calls, if someone has uh, submitted a resolution. But if someone hasn't submitted a resolution but wants to ask about it or make a suggestion, will they be allowed to uh, present during that meeting or is it only absolutely. the authors?
3: Okay, absolutely. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. Sure, absolutely, and that's a good question. The way, um, the way Gabriel's – the way Gabe's typically been doing it, and I think he probably will again this year, is that um, – The, um, the committee, you know, will take up each resolution and the, the draft will be read and then the committee will, you know, have their chance to ask questions, provide them input suggestions, that sort of thing. And then there'll be a chance for the audience to provide, uh, suggestions on that, uh, so that, you know, we can get the input of the commit of the committee. And again, that's why the submitter needs to be there. If you can at all possible, because that way you're going to get, uh, a chance to, um, provide some, some guidance as well. Um, and, and you know, answer questions as well. So, um, so yeah. The, um, and that's, uh, yeah. So the audience will be allowed an opportunity to ask questions and provide input. And, um, I, in that, so definitely a good question. Um, okay.
2: Uh, one more question. What's going sure. on with your tornado warnings?
3: Um, well, we still got sirens. Um, I, Karen do you want to?
2: Do you want to see if? Do you want to see if anyone want, has a question? Or yeah, do you let's think maybe see if anybody, you should jump well, off. I'm not
3: quite, I'm not quite finished. Given the whole. Oh, okay. Uh, convention. Okay, so I, just, I was almost I just, finished. Um, go so it. Right. <laughs> no problem. 20th, 21st, 22nd. As I said, those evenings we're going to be discussing and voting on resolutions. Now, what we're going to do for voting here. It's the Zoom equivalent of a voice vote, kind of like we did last year, in the three days after convention, and that was that you'll be asked, you know, all in favor, raise your hand, and we'll count the hands. All opposed. Um, now, um, you know, and so then we'll, you know, the the disposition of the resolution will be, um, you know, set. If a resolution needs to go to a record or roll call vote, that will happen. Um, the next week it'll happen during the, um, uh, hybrid portion of the convention. I think Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning is when that's going to happen. Um, so that would be, so you'll get, um, a vote now ballot with all the resolutions you are going to need to have a record vote and any, um, uh, any bylaw amendments; those will be recorded. So you'll have a you'll have a big ballot like you did last year, you know, with several things on it. And then um, you will get uh, so those resolutions will be um, taken at that time. Other than that, if uh, the Zoom vote says that a resolution passes, and you know not enough people you know request a roll call, then it's passed; it's adopted. So. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell what's going to happen. Again, fairly similar to last year. The only difference this year is we're not going to try to do resolutions in the hybrid session. You know, talking, you know, discussing them, debating them. We thought we found that that worked a lot better on Zoom. So, I will be glad to take any questions if anybody has any.
2: Anybody wants to raise your hand? you're more than welcome to right now. And we do have uh, Jane. Yes.
1: Hello, Ray. Hey, Jane. How are you? Two quick questions. Good. Can anybody submit a resolution, or does it have to come from the affiliate? And if someone submits a resolution and has some issues, like with the weas asses and how to write them, can we ask for some guidance? Is that permissible? Thank you.
3: Um, good questions, uh Jane. Yeah, the first these the first answer is easy. Yes, any ACB member can submit a resolution. The second is if you're not sure how to write a resolution or whatever, I would I'd reach out to the resolutions committee. Again, you can do that through you know advocacy at acb.org. I don't have Gabe's email address in front of me, otherwise, I'd you know give that to you. And um basically, uh you know he can. Uh, you know the committee. You know can help you um, write it up. You know and put it together in that um, in the resolutions form. Uh, so yeah, th- that's that's no problem, and that's something we've definitely talked about the last couple of years. That the committee needs to be more available and willing to help people that that may need some help writing a resolution.
1: Thank you. I thought that was the answer to my questions, but I just wanted to give out there for so other people. No
3: understand. problem. No Thank problem, much. no City problem,
4: answers. Ray. Okay. This is Ray. This is Connie. I do have Gabe's email. If,
3: if you okay, want uh, you it. want to go ahead and give that?
4: Yeah, so Gabe Griffith's email is um GABRIEL. So Gabriel Griffith, G R I F F I T H at gmail.com.
3: So Gabriel griffith g-a-b-r-i-e-l-g-r-i-f-f-i-t-h at gmail.com um that's his direct address if you if you can't remember that just do advocacy at acb.org and they'll uh, they'll get that to him and the committee any other questions
2: i don't think we do
3: okay Well, uh, guys, I'm going to split and probably listen on ACB media, but I'm going to split because I want to watch the weather here a little bit and prepare to run to the basement if I have to. So um, I appreciate your deference for us on that. And uh, um, thanks a lot for uh, having me tonight and um, look forward to um there'll be plenty of opportunities if uh, you know someone that didn't get a chance to hear about this tonight um and connie will probably talk about that there'll be some other opportunities uh to to hear what's going on so uh thanks a lot and i'll be listening probably listen on acb media uh, i mean if you're going night.
2: to the basement bring your wife too
3: yeah, uh, well <laughs> I will.
2: <laughs> you said I'll go to the basement.
3: Well, my brother's significant other when he when she does it, she takes the cat. So and he doesn't <laughs> always take him. <laughs> so uh, thanks guys. Take Stay care. Safe. Thanks, See Ray. Stay, okay. safe. Stay safe. I will. Be safe. safe, Ray.
2: All right. Well, our next dynamic duo. Here's uh, Connie Sims, who everybody knows from some committee or another. Um, it's just amazing where Connie shows up. shes uh, I remember back to the days when nobody was on more than two committees, but I think Connie probably has a record of commu- <laughs> how many committees she's on at this point. And uh, between communities and task forces and 3.0s and all of that. I want to welcome Connie. And of course, the other half of that duo um, on voting this year again is Pat Sheehan. And Patrick is with us as well. And so I am going to just basically turn it over to the two of you and ask you what uh, I guess the first question is going to be uh, what changes is Ray Ray referring to in the standing rules as far as voting is concerned.
4: Thanks, Terry. I'll let Pat talk about that and I'll help. But I'm sorry, I keep losing my voice
0: today. So um, it's up to Pat. Okay, so Thank you. Thank you, Connie. And Terry, it's good to be here. Thanks for, for having us. So one of the, uh, we have a couple of changes that we have proposed on the standing rules. And one of the things that we saw last year was that we had a lot of questions during the um, uh, during the resolutions uh, period. And I don't know if it was a combination of the hybrid, uh, you know, in-person and Zoom or whatever, but it was it was getting rather confusing, and it was getting really time-consuming. We know that we have a 20-minute uh, debate period, and so we were getting questions in the middle of it, and we had to either stop or start the, uh, the, the debate period, or I think a lot of times we just ran out of time and didn't get a chance to, to uh, have people debate. Uh, questions, point of order and point of clarifications, really what we're talking about. And so what we're planning on doing is having a five-minute period prior to the debate so that people can ask questions uh, or point out if there are some issues going on with a certain resolution. Let's say, you know, they had a, a, a point of order where they feel that a resolution might be um in in conflict with something that we already passed before if somebody knew that they could bring that up at that time and so uh we want to try to sort of have have it better organized so that we could then move to the debate period and the debate period of course will be uh i think a lot easier this time since we will be doing this uh for the most part um in the in the zoom in the virtual period the week before and then you will be able to have people who will be speaking for and those then who will be speaking against during that period of time you would you know you would speak only to the resolution and, and so we're we're thinking that this and then of course the the um, the clock would start uh for the 20 minutes. Now a question was asked and I think it's it, it's important uh what happens if during the debate period there's a point of clarification or whatever uh how would you recognize that since you know people have raised their hands to debate for and against and so what we devised and and this is why we like to bring the voting issues to the group to all these groups all the all the shows and all the calls that we have and community calls or individual calls because people just bring up things that we don't think about as far as uh, voting task force the voting process is concerned so what we will do is we'll take um, those who are voting for and then we'll take those who are voting against and we'll recognize them and lower their hands and if somebody else has a point of clarification or question on something that is said during the debate period, they can raise their hand. So they will also be recognized. So, and that, and I think that should, should keep it fairly organized uh, as far as that is concerned. So uh, I think that is the major changes that we're going to see on the standing rules. Connie, um, did I miss anything? I think that's the major, major portion. That's... Of course, if you have. You know, if you have like uh, two people for, and you have one person against, or three, you know, three people for, one person against. Uh, after that period, you'll just take the four and the one against, and and then you won't have any more debate. So you won't have to go through that lengthy debate period. All right. But,
4: no, and you and you touched on it. I think, and and that's the big thing is that we would, you know, take all the people for and against, and then. So we know who they are in the order and then drop their hands down in that way. Then if someone has a point of clarification on point of order, um, they'll be able to raise their hand and mm-hmm. get it, get the hosts, um, get people's attention. So then we can stop the debate, stop the clock, address that issue and then start the clock again.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, just like, thank you, Connie. Yeah, the clock is the important thing. Here. And of course, just like last year, uh, what, of course, if we need to have a longer debate period uh, that can be extended uh, for another 20 minutes. Uh, what we found last year was that there were so many questions that the people speaking for and against, sometimes they didn't even get much of a chance to speak for or against a resolution. So it was kind of, um confusing i think one of the things that uh, is important this year uh and ray didn't really go into this too much but ray and gabe and other members uh uh, jeff tom others members of the committee have said that um you know they they want to get as much discussion on the resolutions beforehand the education piece i think is key um answering the questions, helping people craft the resolutions, uh, making sure that the resolutions themselves uh, aren't things that we did in the past. I mean, how many times have we um, passed resolutions saying that websites need to be accessible? I think that's about done about four or five or six times, you know, so we all know that. So, yeah. so we probably don't need one. And and I know that Connie and others actually have gone through and started looking at the resolutions in the past and, and all of this stuff. And Terry, you know, from the history, uh, history committee and all that we've done a lot of this stuff before. Now we have, uh, and now you've cataloged it. And now we know back, you know, say, look, we've got this resolution done in the past, and we need, still need to address it, and that's another whole conversation, of course. But I think it's, you know, it's good to know where we've been, what we've passed in the past, and so that during the discussions of people presenting the resolutions, that is going to be an important key. Not that we say no to anybody, but it's important for people to know what we've done in the past, and where we're, who's working on what resolutions, who res- who's responsible for that, and that sort of thing. So, all of that will be. Part of the process. We want the resolutions process to go through smoothly. I think it did pretty good last year. I think it'll do better this year. Uh, I'm very pleased that we are having the resolutions debate sort of the week prior to convention. The one one thing that we learned last year is that people wanted to have a shorter convention. I think they wanted to have more programming in there, more information. Uh, during the sessions, and so we are working to do what we can to streamline, um, you know, particularly the voting process. And so I think the standing rules will be a um, a piece of that this year, and then we're going to see, you know, how else we can streamline uh, the voting process. On uh, as far as the voting is concerned. Uh, uh, Nancy said to about a week ago that they have signed the contract for the vote now system. So the voting system will be identical to what we've had the last couple of years. Uh, it will be accessible, uh, through uh, iOS and Android. Of course, you will have telephone access, the same kind of telephone access that you had last year. I think we had better telephone support last year than we have had in the past, uh, And um, uh, of course, if you have access and you're listening on your PC, uh, which is where I've done a lot of my voting, all you have to do is when you get the link, you click on the ballot link and it logs you right in and poof, up comes your ballot and you get a chance to vote, verify your vote, and then, uh, you know, and then you're ready to go. If you're at convention uh, and we're voting uh, and you need assistance, there will be a voting precinct uh, last, I guess, I'd stay. I uh, was sure I was, my,
5: <laughs> I was in my was my. room. In your room.
0: That's right. I had COVID. <laughs> I stayed in my room all week. But anyway, uh, I heard that it was uh, in with registration. At least it was the year before. Yes.
2: It and was so, last year.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so that seemed to work really well and, uh, you get a voting assistance there. So very much what we've done in the past is what we are planning to do this year with the voting system. It has worked well. And I've been really thrilled with that. Um, the only other thing, uh, um, the only other thing I would say is that, uh, your balance will be coming out. And I don't remember Connie, was that the, Fourth or sixth of June, people would get them. Something like I that. I don't know yeah. the.
4: I don't know the exact it, date. Right.
0: Um, but since we'll be starting up on the on the twentieth, right? Uh, you know, you have to have it before then, and uh, it should. We're expecting it to to uh, proceed fairly. You know, very smoothly. Uh,
2: excuse me for a second. Yeah. You, you say the ballots will be coming out then. The.
4: The voting code. He's
0: I'm being sorry. Voting the voting code. Codes. The code. The code. The, okay. The I'm sorry. The email that says this is your voting code ballot or whatever. Right. that we okay. said Last year. I'm sorry, Terry. Good. Just, good catch on that. To, on. <laughs> just no ballots. To. Not,
4: no, no. ballots. Just the <laughs> um, voting codes, and right. to be honest, I think we should mention to one of the changes that, um, the changes about the people who do not have emails pat do you want to touch on that or do
0: you want me to um i'll let you touch on that one let me let me just say of course this year we are voting for officers and so we will have the officers to uh those elections this year um go ahead why don't you take the um that piece as far as the mailing and why we're doing what we're doing um this year uh as and you know why where there's been a little bit of a change so
4: in the past, you know so everyone who has an email will get the code sent to them um so everyone who does not so if in the past we've always email we've always done a mailing of Braille and large print together with all the information and the codes what is going to happen this year is that they are not going to get, um, basically, send out all of that to everyone. It's going to be up to that individual. Because we had basically, um, what did we say? We sent out, I 6, can't 000. remember. 6000
0: Yeah, I think it cost us around $6,000 last it
4: cost year. Us, it cost us $6,000 $6, last year, mm-hmm. and we only had, Four members that utilize that service that don't have an email address, so um, they decided it was you know it wasn't the cost effective to send all of that to members who don't have an email, and so it's going to be up to them to um, let the Minnesota office know if they want to have a voter code so they can.
2: Um, and how will they uh, learn that? Th- and how will they learn that? And
0: so, Nancy and Company from Minneapolis will be mailing out to th- those individuals uh, in- information on how they can get their voter codes. And they will it, the responsibility will be on those individuals to call the Minneapolis office, and they will supply them with the information. And so but they, they can,
2: but they will learn that they will they'll get, yes, they'll so they'll, get that information too. They'll find yeah. out that they're supposed to call Minneapolis. Right. The, and
4: they, so, so they will get a braille and large print mm-hmm. saying that you know we, we we will have elections. Um if you want to participate in the elections and you would like to have a voter code, you will need to contact the Minneapolis
0: office. And so what you done there is really change change the responsibility or put more responsibility on the individual so that if you want to have uh the, the your voter code and similar to what we've done in regular elections, then you have to put some effort into uh contacting minneapolis and 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 saying yes, I am interested in that and then they will supply that to those individuals who call in. Six thousand dollars was a yeah, and six thousand dollars was a lot to spend on that, and the return on investment was even smaller than we expected. But what we want to make sure is is that everybody has access to the elections, um, and we get uh, good participation. Last thing I will say before turn it back over to Connie is uh, we will. I'm sure Connie have another mock election uh yeah. probably the, the day out good which actually has, has always turned out to be a lot of fun uh there's always seems to be something new that we learned from that whether we needed better telephone support uh glitches let's say in the in the phone uh somewhat or operator more a little bit more operator assistant but it's it's really good to put the um The election process through its paces, I remember I was last year or the year before I was looking, you know, all ready to go. And then I couldn't find my ballot, my 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 information with my uh, ballot code on it. You know, so I had to scurry and do that and realize it would be nice rather than have it buried in my email, maybe to put it in a folder where I could find it all the time. But (laughs) The system itself, the system itself has worked well. And I think that we're getting smarter and better as time goes on.
2: I think you're right. Um, I we do have a hand raise. If we uh, we can take that take that question. Yeah. Take yep. Okay, Tim Hill, you can unmute. Okay,
1: um, I was just wondering: is the ballot from vote now going to be accessible? Because last year, when I turned, uh, went to go vote
3: my ballot was unreadable. I mean, I've used a black background with white lettering Mm -hmm. and uh, inverted colors and it looked like a polar bear in a snowstorm. It was just solid white and the names were unreadable.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Okay. I'm sorry about that. No. uh, I mean, we, we should take a look at that uh, at the mock election, I think. And see what issues you're having. Yeah. Now I use uh, a screen reader, so from the keyboard it was fine. You were using uh, Fusion or or Zoom uh, Text or something.
1: I use uh, well, I use uh, Windows Magnifier, and I use uh, NVDA.
0: So it should have it should work with NVDA. Um, Connie, we should take a look at that with uh, Windows Magnifier. I don't know that we ever check that out.
4: I'm writing writing that down. down.
0: Terry, this is a perfect example of exactly why we need to talk to to folks during these calls. I don't think that we have had a NVDA Windows Magnifier combination.
1: So,
0: (laughs) So we will take a look at that. Uh, fortunately, we've got some low vision folks on the call on the on the uh, task force uh, that can help us help help us out and verify what we have. So great. I think, uh, thank you for that one.
2: I'm glad that that got brought up as well, because I think the other thing that you need to check on it is the contrast between the print and the background um, for people, whether they're using. Uh, whether they're using a magnifier or not, mm-hmm. that the contrast, as I recall, the contrast was not great.
0: Okay, so yeah, and uh, you and I both know about documents, contrast, <laughs> and all of that a little bit, don't we? <laughs> we do. So uh, yeah, let's uh, that, that also on that uh, note,
2: Connie. Let's
0: put down color con- color contrast too. Yeah, that'll work. Color okay.
2: contrast and font. And font. Yep, I have that.
0: Yep. Okay, beautiful. Okay. For us, JAWS hey. users, we don't care about font.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's why some of my documents have like six or seven fonts and styles and whatever else, you know. Well, at least it.
2: JAWS finally fixed that. I'll never forget. I'll tell you all a very quick, funny story. Many years ago when uh, I worked in the national office and... Pat came down and said, let me fix your computer so that it makes it much easier for you to use. And he must have spent an hour changing this setting and that setting. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know why he's doing this. I like it just the way it is. <laughs> and he got the whole thing done so that now it works beautifully with JAWS. I said, fine, I don't use JAWS mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at that point. And I never got an <laughs> invite back. I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> he totally undid it. All of my fonts and everything, because at that time the different fonts didn't uh, weren't as compatible with jaws as they are today.
0: Oh uh, well. Oh for, my goodness. For us blind people, fonts are overrated, right? For
2: <laughs> <laughs> vision, they're not.
0: <laughs> uh, true. No, that's right. All right, good. So. Uh, Terry, let me turn oh, yeah. it on over to uh, well, We have another
2: hand. We do have another go. hand raised. We'll,
0: we'll and that it.
2: is um, Jamaica. <laughs> Hi, Jamaica. H- hey, Jamaica. Hello. I have a quick question for you about the about
1: the contrast and, and, and other things like that. If there's a change that needs to be a setting that needs to be changed in Jaws, for you Put that out on the conversation list so people will know what if if there needs to be any changes for this mm-hmm. for the voting because yeah. that would be I think something that we need to make
2: I would we, like to make yeah. sure of okay uh-huh. very good point Jamaica Thank very you. good
0: can do Jamaica and of course we'd be pu- putting out our uh, some other documents fairly soon here and if there are any configuration settings, uh, we can put those in Connie's cheat sheets. And that another way to get the information out. Great. Thank you, Jamaica. That's a, that's a very good idea.
4: You're welcome. Thanks, Jamaica. Yeah, so we can include all of that. But yeah, so I was just, as Pat was saying, <clears throat> um, we'll be starting my um, working on my my cheat sheets or as some of the passports say, my, my novel now. Um, so. I will keep getting that out to everyone with dates and information. So you probably may get one big one or you might get a couple of different ones with dates, just on dates and information. Um, so that, I mean, and I think that's usually pretty beneficial to people. And I'm always available to talk individually or with groups or affiliates. And um I just want to say, like Terry said, this is kind of the start of our our shows and stuff. So um, in two weeks, Terry gets to have Constitution on and she's going to have Jeff Tom and Maria Hansen uh, on to talk just about constitutions and nothing else, because there's some major changes, some things going on with constitutions and bylaws. So we decided that just to have one big show with just that um, and we're, and I know a lot of shows right now are just kind of coming together, but again, as Ray said, the 20th is a big date. So we're trying to get the three big shows in before the 20th of April. So if you see a lot of voting for the next couple of weeks, that's why. So, um, and then on April 11th, we are doing Tuesday topics, um, with Paul Edwards and you'll have. The Constitution and bylaws, the resolutions, the voting, um, the outreach stuff. So that will all be on Tuesday topics. And then on the 11th, and then on the 16th, um, Sunday edition, we will again, all of it will be on with Anthony on the 16th. And then we'll be starting some more affiliate um, calls. So, all right. And and
0: that, that last part I think is really important, Connie, because um. The, the sh- these shows are great. We get the word out, but you know we like to also come to chapter meetings and talk to individuals. And if we, Very good everyone, everyone, has a question or anything like that, anybody has uh, wants us to um put together uh, an agenda for them and come talk to them. Should they call you or me, Connie?
4: Tell me. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll, so, so all correspondence is what we do because we really try to track, um, all the shows and all the contacts that are done between the constitution, the bylaws, the resolutions and the voting. So all of that gets tracked through me as Terry said, all my hats that I kind of do. Um, so I have, I have to report that back to the board and stuff and, um, Voting task force. So even like when you want just the constitution people to come and talk, contact me. I set it up. I get the people um, lined up, like the resolutions. So um, you might get the same people a lot of times and you might get a change of people different times. So, um, but we try to have, they want everything to go through me for contact. And then I just reach out and get everyone set up.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to reach out one more time right now to Zelda Gebhardt. As her hand raised.
5: Good evening, everyone, and I just want to say thank you to to all of you, Pat, Connie, and everybody else who who worked so hard to get you know us all informed about what's going on. I know it takes a lot of effort, and it it is it is so important, and we really appreciate it. Um, I must have missed something somewhere, and and I. Uh, I heard you talking about um, that the the voting codes would not be sent to those without email because of the expense. And I totally understand that. Um, and I understand they weren't really utilized. But you said that <clears> that that the information informing people that they needed to contact the the Minnesota office would be mailed out. I'm wondering what the difference in expense would be. To mail that information out, saying that they need to phone the, or or just send them the code. Um, that that I that I didn't understand. So maybe you can shed some light on that.
4: That's part of the contract. Part of the work with Vote Now. Oh, um, they were going to send it out yeah. rather they, than they send, you guys. Yeah, oh. we, so we don't we don't get the codes. I mean, Minnesota does not get the codes. That's so. how it
5: gets to be just. Individualized and and private. Right. To us. Private. Now I so, now I
4: get it. Now I get it.
5: I knew there was a piece that I was missing because I'm thinking, yeah, what, one mailing or another mailing, it should be very similar in price. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
4: and that's a good point. And and I we okay. should have said that first. But yeah. So vote now sends out all the codes. So okay. that's I,
5: part I of it. it.
4: We can yeah. do a mailing cheaper than they can do a mailing.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. I knew you'd have an mm. answer. And I just that, wanted to, yeah. I, I figured we'd get questions about that. And yep. uh, like and in CCLVI, we've got quite a few people who, you know, most of our people have emails, but we have quite a few that don't, and right. uh, because they're just in the process of losing their vision, and so they might be
4: dependent on those those mailing. And just just was curious about that. So thank no, you. No, no, no problem. And I think that's a good comment. And we sh- and I we should elaborate more. So that thank you for having us do that because you know I think about that too. I mean I have you know quite a few in South Dakota, as you know, and mm-hmm. that are elderly. Or some that can't afford a computer or you know, software. So yeah, um it makes a difference. So but yeah, definitely okay. a class. So okay. Thanks. Thanks, Zelda.
2: Okay. Let me just double check with Belinda. Belle, do we have anyone in uh Clubhouse that has any questions? No ma'am. Okay, just wanted to be sure before we take Jane Perry has a question. Another question.
1: Hello, this is Jane, and I want to thank you for your hard work and also the transparency that is out there to get people to understand about resolutions. Um, my question is regarding what happens to a resolution once it's passed. And because when I went to my first or second conference, when they had them on Zoom, there was a bylaw that was passed, I think it's sitting on the shelf. And that is kind of near and dear to my heart. And that has to do with the mandatory in service for all healthcare professionals. So I'm wondering oh. what happens to these resolutions once they're passed.
0: I will I'll start, I'll start off our- by saying I'll start <laughs> off by saying that since you have two board
2: members here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so i so so try tw- all three been. of us.
2: Well, yeah.
4: said, I'll start off. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll start and then I'll let Terry and Pat or whoever. But so that's a good question, Jane. So what we have started kind of in the last few years too is so the resolutions are passed and then um, <clears throat> they have a category. So basically, we we number them and like a one, two, three, kind of like a priority. So ones and and that all of them are important so don't get that wrong but so ones may need to be addressed immediately something definitely is wrong that we have to you know try and stuff doesn't move that fast with advocacy stuff but then it's assigned to a committee so it could be the advocacy committee it could be the steering committee it could be um you know like health and wellness, it could be the mental health committee. So it's assigned to a committee. And they are in charge then of um, looking at and working at trying to implement that resolution. And they report back to the advocacy steering committee. Um, Pat and Terry, if you guys want to keep elaborate more on to that. But That's the
2: starting process and
4: it takes time to do it, so.
2: And the piece that I was going to add is that the uh, governmental affairs and advocacy outreach staff in the national office are, or at least were, I think they still are, uh, very involved in that, in proposing the prioritization Right, they are. of the resolutions, and in reality, they're the ones that uh, have to essentially uh, carry the banner of each of the resolutions uh, that have anything to do with advocacy, which most resolutions do, other than you know, the thank you ones and that kind of thing, um, because a committee is a committee for two years. Uh, with the way we have them set up now, that's not to say that that's going to be the case two years from now or that it was the case, you know, five years ago. Um, but your staff person is the person who tends to be the more uh, quote-unquote permanent uh person working on them and really does bear uh, the brunt of the responsibility for seeing that the resolutions are handled, at least in the in the order that they are prioritized.
0: And I, w- and that, I will just go ahead, Pat. And I'll just I was going to say it. that has, a you know, and and so it's good to be able to have a point person like your staff member member who can help coordinate that. But I have seen a lot of, of the resolutions, for instance, all the audio descriptions, one, we'll go back to the audio description uh, committee who probably put them forward. And so they get them reassigned back to audio description to work. And the same thing may happen a lot with, with uh, the transportation or the, or the um, pedestrian advisory committee. Um, and so, depending upon what the resolution is that we're we're working on, being able to track that back uh, and your resolution, I think we need to see where that is, who is responsible for the, it, and what kind of work right. has been done on it.
4: Right, sure. and and that's something that <clears throat> Jane, if you wanted to reach out to me, you know. So I'm in the process, as Terry, I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing all this history stuff right now. Other ones are too, but I've been tasked with putting spreadsheets together on finding out what's been done what hasn't been done that's with resolutions that's with motions that's with policies so um, I could probably look at you know know exactly which one if you you know if I had the number or if I had the year and stuff I could look back and see where we're at with that one and try to figure that out. Thank you
1: very much for that information it's very enlightening and it's nice to know that the resolutions have not been forgotten about, because sometimes issues get put in a book and they get put, put on, the back, on the back burner. And it's nice to know that we can reach out to that committee that we think it might have gone to, or to reach out to you um, and find out where it is, and maybe bring it forth or bring it forthcoming in a, in a new way. So, thank you for all your information.
4: You're welcome. You know, and like like I said, we you know that's. That's what we're trying to fix right now. We want to make sure that that transparency is there for everyone and um, make sure that things are getting done that need to get done in a timely
2: manner. And it is the top of the hour. And, and I think the other thing is Jane and everyone you know if you do have a question about something in the in the process, be it the resolutions or what have you, the board is the board members are always available. Um, anyone ever needs to you can get in touch with me and get in touch with Connie Pat's, Pat, Pat's retired from that now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: has been I believe is the technical term right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: but I thank you all for joining me this evening and have a safe and happy week ahead and we will see you next Friday night good night That's everyone great.